ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Too Young to Be This Old. I am your host, Ben, here today with my good friend and co-host, Andy. Hello. And if you want to clean up that housekeeping for us, brother. Yes, if you want to find us, you can go to our wonderful website at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold, and I'll tell you all the wonderful ways you can listen to us. Um, also, we're on Facebook under the same name, and on Twitter under the same name, or T-Y-T-B-T-O. And all of those will include multiple ways on how to listen to us, how to reach us, how to send us hate mail, etc. You send us hate mail and I will find you. <laughs> um, today we have an interesting topic that we've been, we've been wanting to talk about. And that is going to be the golden age of television. And we have a guest who feels very strongly about this that we've had on in the past. I'd like to introduce now our guest, Austin. I'm not hey going to murder your last name. It's super easy. It's Sirkin. It's just the the way it's written. S i r k i n. I was looking at the written and I was like, my brain's like, say it like it sounds, and my brain's like, that's gonna be wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get every now and then I get weird stuff like Sirkin, but like that was the kinda... only thing I could imagine. But like, fuck off, both of you, because of my last Actually, name. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to front. Um, but but one time one time i actually got sharkeen sharkeen i remember this story i was like i know what he's about to say i'm so excited sharkeen like how do you get s-i-r-k-i-n how do you get from there to sharkeen where'd you get the h in there sharkeen sharkeen I, I, I mean, really pretty don't. badass sounding though. So you could have just adopted that, and, like <laughs> gone with it. But, I mean, I already, I already have a prison nickname, uh, Captain Hook. Oh, that's true. So you do have a prison you know, nickname. Yeah. So that, that, that's that's cool enough for me. Yeah, I've I've yeah, met my quota. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Not not all of us get prison <laughs> nicknames. It's <so>. true. <laughs> But anyway, so besides prison nicknames, Austin, how, how have you been since the last recording? Because we've had you on now. This is this is number number three. Number three, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I I feel honored to be on here <laughs> for for a third time. Um, you know, obviously, uh, each time is uh the the highlight of my life and and the best moment that i've ever experienced uh until of course course. the next time that i'm I'm on your show it's just that is even better i just love your dedication (laughs) to any time we post anything on facebook you're just like yeah you're like like i love it i like it it's 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 great always at least one guaranteed Look, I, on our post. I, I, I want to be very, very clear here. I do, I do not, I do not Never just listen. carelessly distribute my likes. <laughs> In fact, I, I use the love react every time. That's true. That's all. I was like, you love post. it every time. And yep. I absolutely indiscriminately give out love reacts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free love for all. Excellent. All right, uh, so Ben, we any, anything you want to mention since last recording, or you want to? Jump no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Let's let, let's just jump into the All abyss right. here. That's um, fair. We're we're talking about the golden era of television, and more specifically, we're really talking about television in the kind of the here and now. Um, but Austin, with his his vast knowledge of and 
way more in, intelligent level of saying things. Go ahead and, <laughs> and start us off with what you were you were telling us you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, kind of the, the precursor, if you will, to what we now call television. Sure, sure. Um, as I was telling Andy earlier, Andy earlier, uh, I know a lot of things uh, that nobody wants to pay me for. So I'm, I feel like that probably makes me ideal for podcasting, uh, as, as Andy was kind enough to point out. Very true. <laughs> um, yeah, because you come on this as your own free will. The best you're going to get is like a high five, maybe a beer next time I see you in person. <laughs> I, I'm thinking a beer probably... to the man who never drinks. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you sound I'm like not, an economical deal to me. Not really a drinker, you know. For whatever reason, like like alcohol just doesn't really agree with me. Like, oh, I know. It, you know, yeah, I, I have acid cool. reflux and it it upsets my stomach and it's just kind of sucks. You so know, so like handing him a PVR would probably be like equivalent to an insult. Well, it, it'd be sort of <laughs> like, uh, "Hey, fuck you, bud." <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, spe- so yes. especially a PBR that oh, for yeah. that, you know. Yeah, exactly. You need um, to watch your damn mouth. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> oh god. All right. So anyway, uh so kicking off the discussion about uh the golden age of television, uh something that we're we're kind of going to be drawing a lot of distinctions about tonight is the the evolution of television as a as a medium and i wanted to to point out in the beginning that uh really none of this is new right so we're we're going to be talking about a lot of things but really the the core of of serialized storytelling which is you know obviously what we what we have in television as opposed to movies where it's it's a more condensed you know single experience that's not episodic um movies would be akin to uh you know back in the old days when people read uh it would be like a novel right but so (laughs) so back in back in the victorian era uh something became very popular which was uh the serial so the the serial that was created back then was generally a uh either an episodic encapsulated story that was complete unto itself so think for example uh a sherlock holmes story um you don't really have to know a lot about Sherlock Holmes or about Watson or about their lives or anything like that to appreciate uh, a, a Sherlock Holmes story. They, for the most part, stand on their own. Uh, you know, there are exceptions, and I don't even get me started because I'm a Holmes scholar and I could go into it for <laughs> I was like, hours. you actually could do a whole podcast <laughs> about this? So I'm going to um, slow you down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, but so for for the most part, you know, the stories stand on their own, etc. But at the same time, I want to also mention that that was not the only form of serial at the time. So uh, it was fairly common as well to have prominent authors serialize novel length works uh, on a, you know, weekly or monthly basis. And so these portions would, they wouldn't be published as like, 
you know, like standalone little books. Well, actually, sometimes they would. But for the most part, we're talking about uh, stories that are serialized in magazines. So people will buy this magazine and in the magazine, there's the story. So even back in the Victorian era, we have the idea of A, the episodic, uh, each episode stands on its own, everything kind of goes back to normal at the end of the episode story, as well as the longer arc uh, storytelling over time where each installment builds upon the last and they can only really be read and enjoyed in order. And I want to make it very, very clear that this was a huge, huge phenomenon in the Victorian era. Um, much like television today, you know, you you go into the office on Monday and everybody's talking about Game of Thrones, uh, or at least they were for a while. <laughs> they still were. <laughs> uh, and and they, they will be. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but, you know, maybe maybe people yeah. will forget about it in about a week. Um, <laughs> there's too much salt <laughs> there, there is Sodium a, there's a levels lot are too of salt high. and we we can talk about that a little later but but anyway i just wanted to to point out the fact that this was a very very engaging experience for people in the victorian era and it was very very similar to the ways in which we enjoy television today uh where people would you know rush out to buy the latest uh copy of of the magazine that had the, the story and uh you know, since literacy was not as high back then as it is today, uh, a lot of times, like, the one person who would read would read it out loud to a group of people. And it would be, like, this this big community experience. And I think that's, that's super cool, to be honest. But I wanted us to kind of bear that in mind as we move forward, because that, that model really, really sort of carried on from serials into radio shows into television shows so the the uh format that we've got today really was started back in the victorian era and i think that's a super cool thing so uh i'm gonna pass it back to y'all ben you follow that up Oh, sorry, let me wake up real quick. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> He's trying to do that learning thing, and if we know anything about our audience, it's fast food and Jurassic Park that they love. Um, <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> he had to. Uh, yeah, had I'm to glad we can put you. an ed educational disclaimer on this one, though. No, that was <laughs> a lot of stuff I had literally never, yeah. never learned, so I, I appreciate that. That was a really good condensed uh yeah uh summary of things there. you're welcome that was the reader's digest version because wow. nobody reads anymore <laughs> oh, audiobooks that's what that's what that's what the kids are into now there you go exactly um, True. so moving forward from that we have you know televisions early of course you have radio before then but television coming around in the early 50s um you had your shows what like i love lucy and things like that yeah um, that, um very common and very popular in the 50s were like variety shows um and that's something we don't we don't really have a lot of anymore um because of course variety shows i, I don't are, are y'all familiar with variety shows they promote add <laughs> but yeah in general sure um yeah. i also would have accepted they are the spice of life 
Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so variety shows were were sort of like a natural transition from stage to screen, um, because variety shows were very common in person because they were easy to put on. It, it's just like right. a bunch of acts, you know, right. and you can kind of mix and match from different acts. Sure. You don't have like to like a Saturday Night Live. Yeah, sort yeah. Saturday Night Live is more of like an ensemble, true, true, you know, true. sort of thing. So it's it's kind of similar because they do they do have the musical guest. Right. Um, but I think it, the closest thing we still have though is like a Saturday Night Live. To that, yeah, I, that yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so those were very common uh, back then because they were easy. People were familiar with them, but they've kind of died out over the years. Uh, in favor of, for example, you mentioned I Love Lucy, uh, which was certainly the most popular. I'm not positive it was the first, but it was definitely the most popular uh, sitcom of all time at the time. Yeah, it's like one of three that were listed from the golden yeah. era of the 50s. Probably just because it lasted more than one run. Yeah. And there was um, like three channels, so. Yeah, and then you also have like Andy Griffith show and Twilight Zone. Um, but we're not yeah. here about the 50s. We're just letting everyone know that that is the first. Yeah, sure. A gold, what is considered the first golden age of television. Right. And moving to our next point, and this is one that I really kind of want to talk to you guys about, mm -hmm. and it's a debate that has gone on with the Screenwriters Guild, is <laughs> if we are in the second or third golden age of television. Um, So the way I have read into this, and I'm going to do similar to what Austin did there. I'm going to cliff note this real hard. Some people consider the 80s to be a golden age of television and that the 90s were a low point. And I feel like that's wrong. So just to throw this out there, I think that any discussion about what a golden age of television is is going to be tremendously biased based on, in all likelihood, how old the person is giving the opinion. Because whatever shows you grow up with, I promise you... You're going to think they're the best. Yeah. Exactly. You you think that they are way better than they actually are. Oh, it's true. Go back and watch Reboot. But please don't do it. <laughs> don't oh, do it. dude, I, I did if that you recently. Don't wanna, it... If you don't want to ruin your childhood and everything that you held holy, don't go back and watch Reboot. No, it's fine to go back and watch this. Understand the animation is god awful. No, it wasn't even the animation. The whole thing sucks. I'm just saying it. It's fucking sucked. Oh. Oh. God. I still go back and watch the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and I still laugh my ass off. Yeah, because um, you have too much nostalgia still for that one. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not watching it because it's good anymore. It's so bad it's good. It's like <laughs> B, it's B, it becomes a B movie. But generally, like Austin yeah. was saying, I think, yeah, you're always yeah. going to think, you know, what was but going on this... in the 90s, those are, you know, or yeah. what was going on in the 80s, depending on how old you are, that's going to be your pick, right? Right. Well, I'm just going off with the Writers Guild yeah. of America. Well, you delve, you delve into that garbage, like, yes, fire. I did. And <laughs> simply put, from what I have read and just looking at shows that have released, I can agree with the statement that I would still say this is the second golden era of television because there has been multiple quality programs on television starting in the 80s until now. Um, so I think if we were defining a golden era, I would say it would have to be an era of television 
where there's not just one product on TV to keep people entertained. And I feel like we've hit that point because we've talked oh, about yeah. it before. Star Trek in the 90s, um, almost everybody was into it. You had friends. Yep. You go back to the 80s, you have a lot of television shows that start back then, Married with Children, um, things like that that move forward. So if we're in a golden age of television, what, in your opinion, makes a show great for television? I mean, I have a lot of feelings about that that I could share. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, that's why we invited you on. <laughs> I, I thought it was because you liked me, but I guess <laughs> not. I guess. Just content only. Just pump it out, bitch. Well, I guess, <laughs> guess, guess I'm just a farm animal to you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so generally speaking, when I when I personally think of television, I I try to think of you know bear, bearing in mind, of course, I my background is in uh, literature scholarship. So one of the things that we sort of have acknowledged for for quite some time in uh, academia is that really the the sort of the job of the the english department or the literature department more specifically i should say uh is to study texts but really when you think about it anything is a text you know a, a text is is more than just a book uh you know a text is a television show it's a anything that a human being has has made really uh, you could even evaluate a chair as a text if you really wanted to, because it was made by a person with a... What makes uh, a show good to you? <laughs> I have asked for the time you are building me a watch. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so anyway, point being is that the, the way that I think about uh, television shows is I think about how successful it is as a medium. So, for example, like, you know, if you look at a show like, you know, you mentioned Married with Children, like how successful is that show at performing its its purpose, which, you know, in that case was to be to be funny, you know, and and on rare occasion insightful, but uh, and on less rare occasion offensive. But well, you know, I would say it's probably pretty <laughs> offensive now. Uh, in, oh, in the oh yeah! Day and age. Um, well, it was. I mean, it was even. It, it even pushed it quite a bit back in the back in the day. Um, I, I don't know when the last time you you watched that show oh, was. I haven't watched it, was, it forever, it but was, I'm sure it does not yeah. hold up. Well, it it was on at my parents' house one day when I was over there, and they're a big fan of Modern Family, which has kind of been Ed O'Neill's like return. I think that's his name. I'm gonna double check that. Yeah, I, no, 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 that's I'm, that's his name. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just really you, bad. You're right. With, with names, <laughs> sure. I'm great with faces. Horrible with names. Um, but it's one of those things where it's really hard. Like you can't, you can't go back and look at it through the lenses of back then. Yes, it may have been wrong then, but it wasn't seen as wrong. Then, if that makes sense. Like uh, I mean, it was, e even going back wrong. to. To Jackie Gleason, whatever, what was it, the Honeymooners? Yeah. Threatening honeymooners. to punch his wife was completely acceptable then. That's so not okay nowadays. 
Yeah, so completely acceptable <laughs> to to certain people. Let's put it that way. It, to the culture um, at the time, since it was so popular. Uh, yeah, though that when you say the culture of the time, it you start creating this fictional monoculture that that never existed, and you start sort of grouping people together that don't necessarily belong together because of course at any given time uh you, while you do have a pop culture uh that's not necessarily representative of an entire time or an entire group of people or what have you but anyway i'm getting lost in the weeds again and <laughs> the the point that i'm trying to make is that i i am looking at television shows to see how successful they are as storytelling or well, yeah, storytelling, I, I suppose, uh, mediums. And personally speaking... Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so So you're looking at how well they're conveying the story. Yes. So how... Is, is that kind of what makes or breaks a show for you, is how they portray the story to you and how well they can keep you entertained? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you know, it, this is... It's kind of kind of sticky territory, uh, if I'm speaking in general, but for me personally, I watch shows as a as a method of enjoying stories. So I I do not enjoy uh, reality television, which I, I don't want to denigrate because it has its purpose. It has its trash audience. TV. That's fine, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but that is not how I enjoy. The television media sure. i i enjoy it for the stories no and i, I totally and... buy it you know that that is definitely your reason because you have come to me before with shows and been like the acting's kind of shitty and the, the production quality's <laughs> really really bad and you know some of the dialogue is fucked up but the story like you just gotta watch it for the story and i'm like <laughs> but how do i get past all the other reasons you told me this show was horrible. <laughs> look, look, Andy, you you, you ain't got to come at Babylon 5 like that. Oh my God. I wasn't going to say Babylon 5, but I knew you would know exactly what I was talking about. So oh thank my you. God. Oh, that's fantastic. But yeah, so Austin is all about the story. For me, I'll just jump in, Ben, because you've, you've talked a lot too, and I haven't jumped in as much. But for me, story is definitely really important. So I can I can try. Um, when Austin comes to me with Babylon 5. Um, but <laughs> I, I need the whole package, the production production quality, you know, and, and, and at least, you know, halfway decent acting. But I do, like, weirdly enjoy the first season of The Next Generation because it's so good-bad. Like, it's just so fucking horrible. Um, but then once you get to season three, you actually get good stories and better acting and better dialogue. Yeah, um, how many how many times have you watched The Next Generation, Andy? A lot. The Next Generation, <laughs> that's Picard, right? What was that? Yeah, that's Picard. That, yeah. Okay, just just making sure. Yeah. Cuz I don't watch ever Next know Generation the name. a fuck ton though, Austin. It, Except for Star the last Trek. season. I've only watched it like once. So, <laughs> I like you don't you don't want it to end. I never want it to end exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I like to stick between seasons 1 and 6. I don't even touch 7. Don't even touch it. Just so you, you know, so you like that, that. You like that comfort. Oh yeah, it's comfortable. So like at this point, I've seen season one so many times, it's no longer shocking how horrible it was because I never saw season one one of the first times I watched it again as you know an older 
a human being uh, because at first I just watched it with my dad when I was growing up. And, and then when I came back through and watched it, I started from season three on one of my first like rewatches a few years ago. And then I went back to season two and I was like, okay, that was rough. The first time I went through season one, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and, and now it's just okay. I just accept it. See, I remember watching the first episode of The oh, Next God. Generation when it first aired on Encounter television. Encounter at Farpoint Systems. Yeah, man. It's so bad. Jesus. Good stuff. <laughs> Star Trek cast. <laughs> but yeah, no, for real. But yeah, for me, it's it's the whole package. And and I can consume some some pretty pretty horrific trash TV if it involves wrestlers. So oh my God. <laughs> definitely has its place. Yeah, you you definitely have that. Um, yeah. For me, I I honestly like it. I'm gonna contradict myself a couple times, and I know I'm gonna do this. Oh yeah. I want something that catches my attention. So, like my test for a television show, and Andy can testify to this is, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna give it a couple minutes, and if I feel like I need to do something while I'm watching the TV show, then it it's didn't not catch do- you. It didn't catch yeah. me, and it's not doing it for me. You've only um, just gotten you just got through enough of the office where it's starting to catch. Correct, you. correct. So it took I'm so happy almost two and two seasons for the office yeah. to finally hit a point where it was funny enough for me to actually tune into um so to to me that's uh, if a show can catch me and get me to stay involved i'm there but they've got to be able to catch me and hold my attention and like i said it's like i don't have a specific parameter to what that is i watch a lot of shitty television because of that because i'll get pulled into it and just be stuck there um so it doesn't necessarily have to be the story because there's sometimes be something like something happens and I'm just, ooh, what happens next? And it could, I, I can't even tell you no, what I was okay. watching we, the other day. We know that you, you can't be like all in on really good storytelling because you like WWE. So yeah, I've got to, sus- I've <laughs> got, so to suspend I, so. it. got to <laughs> suspend disbelief Yeah. from time to time. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, and I say that and I also, I don't like my intelligence insulted by a television show either oh by um, a television show okay yeah, I was, I was about to leave. yeah oh no yeah yeah no but um just solely because you know we'll talk about it later but there's a certain show that did this to me and keep, i feel like i, I wasted i wasted a lot of my life due to to incompetent writing in this show oh my and it's oh, actually yeah. just it's... happened again so the wounds are now very fresh um but before we get into all that, um, what are we've kind of established what makes a show great to us in this golden era of television. Right. What are some of the shows that specifically stand out to you? Let's keep it to like three shows a piece. Right. Well, because me, I'm me, pretty sure we could go go ahead. Yeah, let me let me hop in for just a moment. Um you you kind of you kind of hopped in here assuming that this is currently a golden age of television without really doing any talking about about why that is or anything. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Well, okay, well it's a golden age of television because the writers guild said it is. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um <laughs> The biggest thing I would say is the quality of the shows and the the quality and the quantity of the shows that we currently have out. 
there's something on television from everybody for everybody in every market at this point in time, um, which is not something that we see all the time because you usually see, like you kind of mentioned earlier with pop culture, you mentioned that that may not represent everyone at that time. But there's literally, right. I mean, no matter what your interests, your your viewpoints, whatever they are, there's something that's going to be specifically tailor-made for you on television. And it's been that way, kind of like what we were talking about with the other shows since probably the late 80s, 90s to now. There's been something on television for your specific demographic. And then well, we have a, a lot of shows now that are starting to cross those demographics, like we saw with, while it was still good, The Walking Dead... Um, Breaking Bad was another one that was really cross demographic. I think pretty much everybody could find something to enjoy with it. And the same with Game of Thrones up until season eight. Um, everybody could find something they liked about that show that kind of kept them coming back. It wasn't all the same for the same people. Um, I, I think it's also important to note that with the uh advent of streaming services we've become exposed to a lot more international television than we previously had access to as well and i think that that's an important note because uh especially netflix uh pushes a lot of international shows and i think that is fantastic because i love seeing shows from other countries and and seeing cool new ideas and and all sorts of stuff Oh yeah, definitely. I was gonna say, like, with streaming now and all the different services, like we've talked about before, there is just so <laughs> much to watch and so many different platforms, and there's like literally no way to actually keep up with all of it. Um, so there, there are shows that have been going for years that sometimes I hear about, and I'm like, that has had seven seasons so far, and I haven't watched <laughs> a single episode. <laughs> like, yeah. So there, there's, yeah, there's a ton out there. And then, like you said, also the international shows that, like, sometimes come out of, like, YouTube series and then Netflix buys them and, like, all that kind of crazy stuff that you would have never had a way of even knowing about before. It's true. Um, but, but so even more specifically, I, I feel personally as though uh, the late 2000s, yeah, late, late, mid to late 2000s, I guess, is where uh, television fully developed as a storytelling medium and developed to its full potential. And that's something that we can talk about in more detail. Right, because in the mid 2000s, um, you had this show that debuted um, specifically on September 22nd, 2004, and it was called Lost. Oh, you and just lost was... the game. <laughs> oh, God, no. But you had a loss come Please out kill in me. that time. So, yeah, I, I, I will. Okay. And, and that, that begins, for me, the golden era of TV. So, so before we, we jump on the, the hating lost bandwagon. Sure. I'm um, so glad that we can be on this bandwagon together. You also. guys are on that bandwagon <laughs> together, and I'm just getting run over by it constantly. Uh, so, so before we fully get on that bandwagon, um, I, I want to mention that I, I do actually think that, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, and I know it's not a perfect show, <laughs> Babylon 5 
was was the first real like network television show that successfully told a multi-season arced narrative and they did a really good job with it um straczynski is just like you know he doesn't write the best dialogue in the world okay fine but the fact (laughs) that he plotted the fact that he plotted out the full five season arc of the show like before any of it was filmed and they knew exactly where they were going and so you've got this great like foreshadowing in season one and like the story gradually unfolds over the course of the show and it is just so epic um it it makes me really sad that that show was underappreciated when it came out largely because of the you know lack of budget which led to you know we'll say less than stellar acting uh, and you know not strictly speaking the best dialogue in the world but uh but as a as a story yeah okay whatever um but but as a story it is it is phenomenal and it makes me very sad that that show was passed over uh in favor of lost which really (laughs) sort of followed in many in many senses (laughs) what it suffered from the problem that Babylon 5 didn't have there. Which right, exactly. About how he planned everything out ahead and it lost. <laughs> it was literally like they just threw ideas in a hat and they were like, how are we going to fuck with right. this? Right. Well, week? of course, it's the, it's the diametric opposite of right. Babylon 5 in right. the sense that uh, it was not plotted ahead of time, but it had great acting and it had great... Yeah at least let's say great inter episode right or intra episode writing oh yeah uh and it had good uh production values enormous budget that right exactly so it had the uh all, all the, the things babylon 5 didn't fired have. so that was also <laughs> a thing uh but okay so now we can fully get on the lost hating bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> jump jump right on there but I'll also let Ben jump in if he has like what 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 is your maybe do you have a start to the modern golden era or whatever we want to call it of television? I mean, mine's gonna go back a little bit. Like for me personally, I vividly remember every Sunday starting to sit down with my grandfather and watch King of the Hill. Oh man! So that that was ninety January twelfth ninety seven. Is when that show aired, uh, debuted. Right. Um, but I mean, you go back. I I can remember my mom every time it came on watching Seinfeld, and then that rolled into Friends, and then mom watches Friend. a lot of garbage television as well. So it's just kind of just it, it just kind of rolled there. Uh, for me, the first show that I really had any interest in that became something I had to keep up with from a week to week basis was Scrubs in two thousand. That was oh. that was the big one for me. See, the big one for and me, it, and it only lasted eight seasons, and then they tried to make a new show that we do not recognize as <laughs> part of Scrubs yep. canon. Not, not, not the same show. The big one for me that like the first show mm. that I really like watched week week by week was X Files. Oh Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think about that, but that definitely was probably the big one for me because I remember yeah. watching that with my parents and. 
probably shouldn't have watched some of those episodes. Yeah, see, X-Files is one of those shows, and there were a lot of shows kind of like this at the <clears> time, <throat> where they sort of flirted be- between this sort of episodic and also, oh, yeah. you know, arc-based narrative. Oh, and... oh, no, absolutely. And, like, X-Files drives me fucking crazy with that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because there are times <laughs> when things happen that you think are going to be a big fucking deal and then they're like yeah you know whatever like and then everything's back to normal scully got kidnapped but it's not like we're gonna talk about that for a long time like fucking get over it right let's just have some episodes let's just get this going (laughs) (laughs) it just oh it drove me crazy but yes x-files was just a gem well i think i think the reason why we had this sort of flirtation uh leading up to where we got with lost eventually is that people were and by people i mean studio executives and network executives uh were afraid that because there was no real way to watch earlier episodes if you missed them that if people came in like late that they would give up and not watch the show right right exactly so so I definitely think that the success of Lost and the reason why Babylon 5 didn't do as well is partially due to technology. Well, yeah, because you because, had a TiVo, at least for Lost. Like, right, exactly. Uh, you had the TiVo, and not only that, but uh, for a long time, buying like VHS sets of television shows. Oh, so expensive. Oh, geez, it was like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my my mom used to buy my dad like the tapes for Next Generation, but she would oh, only yeah. ever be able to get him like a few tapes at a time, right? Because they were so fucking expensive. It was like you get a chunk of episodes, and I'll get you another one later. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like... Buy, buying them, not even season by season. Like, all no, right, here's like, here, here's yeah. two episodes. Here's, here's two an more episodes. Episode from season five, two, yep. and three. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway so in a sense I I really do think that it's it's a question of technology that right. allowed because you know back like I said I'm talking about the Victorian era you know it was just magazines so you know you could go out to your bookseller and be like hey get me you know copy copy yeah, one yeah I need or, the start I need the first one so I can get the yeah start. right exactly you and, go and tr- a, try to do that in a comic book shop and sometimes they're like sorry we can't do that. and to be fair it was the same way back then as well where like you know sometimes uh issues would sell out because they were very popular and they became sought after and it was like a whole thing oh yeah or when they started they might not have published as many copies and by the time they get to the sixth one they're like churning them out but they're like hey the first one we didn't think anybody was gonna give a fuck right exactly but then of course you know they they have the fallback where at the end of the run they'll publish it as a book you know right, right so they had that sort of mm. safety net um whereas again you know putting things out on vhs uh mm. and even even the early era of dvd was just so ridiculously expensive so pricey Whew. and then so, netflix came and fucked that all up <laughs> that racket ended real quick yeah. goodbye yeah, blockbuster movie gallery and hollywood video hollywood Man, I was going through my old wallet the other day, 
and oh. uh, found my old Blockbuster card. Holy oh, shit. That's oh, yeah. That was a fucking relic is what oh, that God. was. You should I like. It. Oh, yeah. No, I like <laughs> I like put it behind glass. <laughs> put it in your safe. Like, just yeah. <laughs> Go to buy alcohol. They see the Blockbuster card. No, nah, you're good. You're yeah. good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we've we've kind of established where we started, sure. Uh, with Golden Area. So like I said, I was I was getting to before we step back a little bit. The three shows that you have enjoyed the most, like in all of history, in our golden era. Let's go in our in our like yeah, nineties so like, to late two thousands to now, nineties to now. I just like the way that rolls. The best of the seventies, nineties, and today. Forgot exactly. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I was, I was skipping the twenty, the twenty, two thousands. So I was like, I'll just skip the eighties as well. What the fuck? Who cares? That's fair. You can do that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's let's get your your modern era favorite. You know, top three. Top three. God damn. We'll see on that and come back to you if you want. Okay. Well, so generally speaking, (laughs) I I think that I think that the best television shows of all time have come out in the last uh, the last 10 years. So personally speaking, we can that's one point I think we can all agree. Personally well, no, speaking, Lost didn't come out in the last ten years, so I, we can agree. Yeah, that's true. To a point, <laughs> but I think a garbage yeah. show. Oh my god, <laughs> okay. garbage! Calm down, calm down, calm down. Let Austin. Finish. Sorry. All right. No, I'm I'm with you. Lo- I'm I I <laughs> I held out hope for Lost. I sat there and I I'm watched gonna, that show. I'll explain I, like, my Lost story. I thought about bit, it, but and I I was down with all of the theories and like. Like I would, I would look at the screen caps on the internet oh, yeah. and like, and then, never mind. Okay, so uh, best shows, personally speaking, I I think top two, for me personally, are probably The Wire, and Mad Men. I've never seen an episode, so I have no clue on that. But it will be something. Oh I put my, on my god! List to you watch. uncultured swine. <laughs> um. So you got the so, wire, and did you say your other one? Because you might have cut out for me. Yeah, Mad Men. Okay, got you. Okay. Um, so the the reason I feel that way is that those shows reached a level, narrative-wise, that really was just above and beyond anything that that is comparable. Um, and not even just the narrative. I mean... You know the the acting, the writing, the cinematography, the directing, the music, everything about those shows was just on on a different level than the other shows that have been around. Uh, I, maybe I won't say since then because there there are a couple other strong contenders out there right now. But uh, but certainly anything up until then, uh, they, they were just miles above any other shows that I had seen when those came out. Right, right. That that makes sense. 
Um, I guess if you haven't haven't seen either of those shows, uh, you very much should. Uh, Mad Men is in some ways a problematic show because it features sort of a sort of a glorified anti-hero in many respects which uh is also the case in breaking bad and people have the same yeah uh, there there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of crossover there with breaking bad as far as the anti-hero thing and that was like a thing there for a hot minute right exactly and and so we'll we'll ignore that for the moment sure and just you know i'm (laughs) i'm concerned at this point more with the the as i mentioned the storytelling the the use of television as a medium to express a story for for lack of a better word um and so uh the wire of course is about uh the city of detroit uh it's about uh, or was it baltimore oh god it's been too many years since i've watched that show um baltimore. actually i think it, i think it's baltimore yeah baltimore. yeah um and so it's about the struggle between the police and the uh drug dealers or or just average people in in many ways people just trying to trying to get by in their lives who get caught up in these struggles and uh it's really just sort of about people trying to make a life for themselves and the the sort of interplay between them and it, it's really phenomenal very very well done um and in fact i uh i asked a police officer uh one day who i was in a in a class with of all things uh, because he was going back to school to get a literature degree. Um, I Don't ask me why. I didn't ask, but oh, whatever. I, I thought that was somehow um, going to coincide with your prison life name, so I'm only a little disappointed, but you can continue. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, So I, I asked him during during one of the classes, and I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, what do you think is the most accurate television show to your experience as a police officer? Like, Like, what is what is the most true to life thing that you've seen on television? And he said it it was the wire. (laughs) Um, I I was half expecting, uh, cops, uh, uh, cops indeed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As the cops of today. Yeah. I was about to say cops should have definitely been the answer. The only correct (laughs) answer. So he failed the test, but he said, what did, but what no, did he, he say, Austin? Um, so he, what, what he actually said was that he said, let me think about it. And uh, the next time we had class, he came in and he was like, hey, you know, I, I talked to the guys down at the station and like we all kind of talked about it. And uh, we all thought that about this. Yeah, he did. And, and <laughs> apparently they all agreed that The Wire was, in fact, uh, the most accurate portrayal of what it's like to be a, a police officer. Nice. So it, it really did capture that that sort of sense of, of realism uh, on on both sides. Granted, I don't know what it's like to be a drug dealer, but sure. uh, I, I assume that they also did Allegedly. their research on, on that end. Right. Um, so it's an it's a truly, truly excellent show. Um, and then, of course, Mad Men follows an advertising executive on uh, Madison Avenue and. Uh, uh, that's of course why they're called Mad Men because they're on Madison Avenue and they are men. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, son. <laughs> okay, I like it. I like but it. no, but but seriously, Mad Mad Men reached this point where where they used the medium of television uh, beyond just 
the story, beyond the dialogue, beyond the acting. They they used the cinematography. They used the uh, the setting, the music. They they brought everything together into this phenomenal package in a in a masterful way that just nobody had done before. And, you know, I know people have complaints about the show based on the characters because, I mean, let's be real, for the most part, other than, like, Peggy Olsen, like, everybody in that show is just kind of an asshole. Kind so, of all just pieces of well, shit. Well, they work in... They, they, in what you said, they work in... In advertising. Agency. Yeah, so, yeah, everybody's an asshole in advertising. <laughs> yeah. Because the only person that gets noticed is the person that is the loudest. <laughs> right, That that is true. Um... So, like I said, you know, some issues there, but but on a on a level where we're looking at the craftsmanship of of making these episodes, it was just I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, Breaking Bad was another one that was very similar, and they they did a lot of really cool things in terms of of the craft of making a television show. Um, but even so, it was it was not quite at the same level as as Mad Men was, so very strongly recommended. Okay, nice. I need something to fill the void that has been left now that Game of Thrones is not in my life. <laughs> so Ben, you're, you're look, what are yours? Oh, go look, ahead, if, Austin, sorry. If, if you need if you need <laughs> something to fill the void <laughs> in your life left behind by Game of Thrones. I recommend cocaine. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind. Um, okay. Good to know. <laughs> good, good to know. Um, well, I, like I already mentioned, Scrubs was a big right. one for me, and like Andy's Plex server can attest to this. Yeah, yeah, most watched <sighs> fucking show on that Plex yeah, server. <laughs> most watched show on the Plex server, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that watches. Yeah, uh, you're just behind the joy of painting, actually. You've been, you were, that was dethroned. Oh, okay. Uh, the other one for me is, I mean, I've already mentioned it a couple times, Game of Thrones has been another one for me that from episode one, I was hooked. Must watch television for me every Sunday that it aired. Um, the last one, I would say for, I mean, there's a lot that I've watched. But, and I, and I have said it this way, I don't anymore because they lost me around season four or five, but Walking Dead, man. Mm. I I watched Walking Dead like it was a religion. So even with its demise, you were able to still appreciate it. Yeah. Well that's my thing, is like I, I I walked out on it, but looking back Right. Kind of what Austin has talked about the storytelling, the storytelling and like I'll say the first four seasons of Walking Dead is fantastic. No, it's not. No. Look, look, I can I can sum up the first four seasons in like two words. Okay, you ready for this? Go for it. Where's Carl? Go for it. That's it. Where's Carl? Oh, it's not where's Carl is. That's the meme <laughs> culture that spawned from it. So the first four seasons, the the reason I enjoyed it was you had the compelling story with Rick waking up. And being the last guy to know what's going on. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. But <laughs> yeah. but honestly, for me it was this. It was you had a very simple plot line, but the way they delivered it week after week was fantastic. 
but it yeah, has no, finally gotten to a point at season four where we needed something new. Season four delivered okay, but then season five's like, all right, we're going to do it all over again. And that's was like, all right, I'm out. I've seen this tale too many times. I'm done now. It has been fun while I was here, but you continue. And I really think the shift was when they shifted from it being about survival from the zombies to the surviving other people all the time is when it lost me. Well, that's sort of... Because so, then it, have you read any then it of became the just another show about survival um, against another human adversary, which there's plenty of shows about the human-on-human struggle. Have you read any of the comics? Somewhat. In the comics, I've enjoyed more than the show. Same. But at the same time, like, it's same thing with Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm looking at it like the show's its own standalone thing. And yeah, that's well, where, that, that's where, that's where Walking Dead started to lose me in later seasons. Was, it was suddenly, it wasn't doing, the show wasn't doing new things. The show was walking down the same roads that made the show successful. Yeah. And because, a lot and of because, rehashing of the same things. Exactly, and yep. and I got tired of the rehash. Yeah. Well, what came of or what uh, Walking Dead did really well? So, Walking Dead, uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan, but whatever. You know, even I could admit that that Walking Dead did one thing really, really well, and that was to be compelling. Um. It, yes. it absolutely delivered on right. creating these situations that, that make you invested in the characters and then putting them in situations where you felt compelled to find out what's going to happen. Yep. And then after season four, they started failing at that. And my attention right. spans. Yeah, which is out. why I remember for years hearing people talk about it nonstop, like, you know, like Game of Thrones or something, right? But, and then it just kind of slowly faded, where I almost hear nobody talk about it. Um, but it definitely not, had its time. Not with a bang, but with a whisper or a whimper, exactly. I believe. Exactly. Yeah. Just kind of fizzled. Okay. But, so you got Walking Dead, you got <laughs> uh, Scrubs, and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, all right. And I mean, I mean, there's a ton of those comedy uh, TV yeah. shows as well, like Parks and Rec, right. uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I love those shows, right. but those shows aren't what made the golden era of television for me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so for me, I already said my first one. It's Lost, and as much as you both can Hold on, hold on. You you cannot say that shit and not <laughs> not explain yourself. I okay. am. I'm saying. I also want to say this. I I also want to say this. Don't worry, Austin. There's a specific spot we have in here where we can just shit all over Lost. It's coming. Okay, good. I mean, it, it, yeah, sure. So, so Lost. That was the first show that like I had to absolutely had to watch every week. So one, somebody wouldn't fucking spoil something. But two, because what the fuck is going to happen next? Because Lost was right. fantastic at ending right. the show with some bullshit, and then you just get that sound that you would dread of, <laughs> and then the Lost, <laughs> and you just sit there wondering if you either wasted the past forty-five minutes or if it was the best forty-five minutes of your fucking week. 
and it was a toss-up. But Lost had a lot of problems that we can get into later, a lot of problems, and it did a lot of things wrong, but I think all the things it did right totally outweigh it. The acting was fantastic. Cinematography, fantastic. Some of the storytelling, incredible. I'm glad you can admit some. Some. Yeah. Okay. Some. And so now, I'll... go ahead. No, no. You, I was about to change gears. So you no, no, no. Change gears because I, I had another show to mention. Go for um, it. It was mentioned already, but Breaking Bad definitely on my list. That's like yeah. the first Netflix thing that like really like sucked me into binge watching something on Netflix. Um, because I remember getting my first like Google TV device ages ago and just happening to see the little icon for Breaking Bad was being featured on there and I was like let's check this show out and I'd never been sucked into something so fast like Ben talked about wanting to do something else while watching shows that never happened with Breaking Bad and and it kept that pace up for all five five seasons um without without fucking skipping a beat for me at least because that every every episode almost kind of had you at the edge of your seat as to what the fuck was going to happen next. Yeah, so, and I'll, I'll back you up. I'll back yeah. you up on that one. I, I, I think Breaking Bad it truly is a great show. Well, the thing is, Breaking Bad never suffered from lasting too long. True. Yes. Like, yeah. They literally ended it at the exact right moment. Um, they yeah. might have split this. The fifth, the fifth season got split in half, and that made things a little weird. But I yeah. think... in I don't... I, I don't know if I could ask for much more than the way that they actually ended it. Um, and, you know, of course, every show has its off episodes. We had an episode where, you know, Walter chases a fly for the entire episode. But No, that was that was one that of was, the best episodes. And that's what I was going to say. I was like, there are people that lose their shit over that episode, but that actually was a fantastic episode. It, <laughs> so, it really was. Yeah, I wasn't about to shit on it. I was like, while we had that, and critically, people shit all over it. It is amazing. And then you had just absolute masterpieces like, you know, Ozymandias, um, the second to the last episode uh, of that series being probably some of the best TV I've ever, ever watched for me. And my other one, while Ben will shit on it, is The Office. Um, I'm not going to shit on it like I would have. You've gotten less... Less but, on that, like, hate train. But we can both agree that first season is hot Oh, the first season garbage. is hot garbage, but the thing Heated is... Heated up in a so microwave. You you haven't gotten here yet, but you'll one day see, when you get to season three, episode one, that is the first episode I ever saw of that show. And that's why I got hooked on it. And then I later went back and watched the seasons that are not so great, like season one. Okay. So, definitely... Definitely makes a difference where you start some of these shows, but yeah, th- those are my those are my tops. And I know, okay. uh, and you wanted to switch gears here, so. Well, I was about to say, um, you've kind of started mentioning it with Breaking Bad. Sure. Um, we had a lot of these shows suffer from the writer strikes that occurred. Um. But let's focus more on what what we have dubbed here as a group the lost effect <laughs> and that it's... is where you want to shit all over because this is a, so for anybody who doesn't remember it there was that writers guild of america strike that lasted from november 2007 uh to february of 2008 
Um, yes. So this is the time period we're talking about. All 12,000 film and television screenwriters of the American labor unions went on strike and led to some TV disasters. And it's <laughs> funny that it was just during that time frame. Yeah. But I'm noticing, even with newer television, you're seeing this effect reverberate yeah. of a show lasting too long or the writers not understanding how to wrap up a show successfully. Yep. <coughs> Dexter. Think, <coughs> yeah, Dexter. Okay. <laughs> That's so, such a good one. <laughs> yeah. So we call this the loss effect, and without spoiling the ending for loss, but you spend, what, seven seasons of your life investing into this show? To find out, it all means no. jack and or shit. Six seasons. Uh, yeah. Ahead. So I I don't want to give any spoilers away. Sure, sure. So like I don't I don't want to go uh, into different detail, people but interpret like, it different ways. Yeah, it can be. But after I ways. watched the series, what I saw at the end, I would have rather had the Sopranos ending than what we oh had God. there. So the way that I feel about Lost is that uh, the ending was, in fact, so bad <laughs> that it retroactively made the whole rest of the series bad. You told me this when I told oh you my God. I watched that, Lost. That, that is the best way I have heard it explained ever. Like I can't even recommend this show to people because of how bad the ending was because no. I don't want to be responsible for them feeling like they wasted their life. Yeah, well, it's like the it's about, ending of Lost. It's about the journey. It, it like it reverberated backwards in time, <laughs> and like degraded the quality of past episodes because you knew what was going to happen by the end of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I, I understand why you feel that way, but but I feel very differently. Um, well, let's let's put it this way. I feel as though the best part of Lost is its legacy. Yes. What it did for television. Yeah. That is correct. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I can agree with that statement. It did but... a ton for TV. Yes. I mean, that, but... that things really took off there for, you know, television production and how much studios were willing to spend because they saw what Lost did. Right. Yeah. Not well, all it, those it... succeeded in spending that money right. and making good shows. <laughs> right. But they were willing to spend but you also mentioned another one that I, I think of as well with Dexter. Right. right. Not that the ending completely degrades the show, but when you know where it ends, you're kind of like, why did I waste that time? I don't know. Like, There's a lot speaking, of really good episodes of Dexter. I don't think the ending ruined the series for me as bad as Lost ending did. Yeah, exactly. But it like was... I it was a bad ending. Like let's yeah. let's just be be straight. Yeah. Like it was yeah. it was a bad ending. I mean, I think, um, whenever I, think I see anybody talk about it. Dexter, the only way I see them recommended is watch it and skip the entire last season. <laughs> so that that's what I've seen. But so it was it was a bad ending, but it wasn't so bad that mm. that like lost it reverberated backwards <laughs> in time. Backwards in time. <laughs> and and like destroyed previous episodes. <laughs> Oh my god. Ben's look, gonna look, use that forever now, so I think look, yeah. Lost Lost was a time space anomaly. <laughs> or yeah. or the, the last couple episodes were. Like yeah. it just 
it it just created the singularity that like sucked in they all flashed, of the previous episodes. The thing is that they flash both, they flashed back, they flashed forward, and then they flashed sideways so many times. Yep. You, you just time space got all fucked up. Yep. Just, and it doesn't matter. Dumbass ass and asses went and broke time again. <laughs> you, but, you also had you also had a, another show. I feel like that suffered from this uh, loss effect, as we have now dubbed it, coined it, coined actually. it the lost effect. I I really did not like the ending of Game of Thrones, but you know, I don't <laughs> think that's a, a very uncommon thing to be at. So the the thing about was, about uh, Game of Thrones it was rushed, right? Exactly to me. Like I, the I ending... don't personally, I, I don't personally have any problems with any specific thing that happened, like in terms of like I'm just the, upset with the time crunch it happened. Right, exactly. Like if yeah, they had if they had taken yeah. the time to develop those things, like I don't think anybody did anything that was so out of character for them that like there would never be any justification for it. Yeah. It's just that the justification was not there. Right. So, and, and the <laughs> other point that I like to make, cause we kind of talked about how loss started in the later seasons, getting a little bit more extreme is for me. What drew me into game of Thrones was how detailed oriented those seasons one through four were, where oh, yeah. a little statement made by somebody could be such a big deal. Now we flash yeah. forward to season eight, where we get a lot of big events and big things dropped on us that end up being nothing. Yeah. And that's what bothered me, and kind of like what you said. If they had just taken the time, and it gets even more amplified, and my anger grows even more exponentially, because, oh, we're only going to have six episodes in Season 7 and Season 8, and that's what we got? Okay. Okay, I see see how we're playing this game now. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, there's got to be. I mean, whoever just made in general, that decision, then, they should have that woman follow them around with the bell. Shame, like shame, shame. shame. Yes. <laughs> and the worst part is, and I've told Andy this, and I'm gonna stick to my guns. They oh, were coined. Oh yeah. Okay, you're documenting this, Ben. I am documenting right? this. You're documenting this. this, is, this I'm, I'm going. I'm going on record as saying. This. Okay. I will not see the next Star Wars trilogy because they are writing. Whatever you will. <laughs> I will uh, no. Now let me well, finish this. Okay. Yeah, I was like, hold on. I will. I have that gone. Statement. I have gone opening night for the past three Star Wars. I will not see the next ones until they hit Netflix or whatever streaming service that they hit. Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. We'll not see them until yeah. Disney. Plus. So, exactly. so here's the here's the way that I feel about. It. So, I I'm on record as as being a big Star Wars fan, and I I've I mean, you like the Last Jedi, which more <laughs> power to you if you could enjoy that one. But yeah, so I I on this show, like if if any of our listeners have have heard any previous episodes with me, because I think it has actually come up in both of Every my previous episodes. Time. Um, <laughs> you're one of three uh, people I've met that enjoyed The Last Jedi, so you're like a unicorn. <laughs> I'm a mythical creature. Yes. Um, so so I I feel about the uh, the new trilogy that probably they're gonna do fine. Like the the real problem that that happened here is that there was a change in storytelling techniques 
like toward the end of the show. And that wasn't necessarily something that was under their control because they ran out of source material, right? So I feel like they tried to do the best they could with what they had, but I'm guessing that they were not the ones who made the decision uh, regarding how many episodes they had and how much time they had in which to accomplish all of the things that needed to be done. Yeah. It's so on I, record as HBO saying they were going to give them two more full seasons and they decided to cut it short. Did they really? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Well, that changes everything for Austin. Right yeah. Now. That does. That Sorry. Does. In I, fact, that I, does I had to stop everything. for a second. I had to go get another drink. Um, <laughs> so I, I vaguely heard what you're saying. So I just got back to my microphone. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to look this up on the internet right yeah, now. Y'all, y'all keep they, talking. Yeah, no, they fair. were they were given the option to make more episodes, but it is a combination of Martin doesn't have anything other than plot points written out at this point. So they were just trying to plot from plot point to plot point, and that isn't right. necessarily how Martin so writes his... Yeah, that isn't necessarily how Martin was writing his books. Because he yeah. was kind of feeling out as he was writing where he could send things. So when you have somebody who writes by feel like Martin normally does, you're trying to translate that to plot points, a lot gets lost in transition. And that's what we saw in the past two seasons of Game of Thrones. And I think another issue was and the episode Battle of the Bastards, which was one of the... until oh, the phenomenal. Yeah, until I think the last episode was like one of the highest watched on premiere episodes. Everybody, because everybody enjoyed that episode, I think the writers took from it that that's what people wanted, not realizing that was such a big episode for everybody because of the buildup to that episode. Because when you move to season seven and eight, you see a lot of big events happening in rapid succession because I guess the writers felt like people wanted more action. Not understanding that the cops are outside for somebody. I don't yeah, know, I know who that whose is. mic that it's was. It's probably me. I'm downtown. Busted. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Um, but they took from it, oh, they want more excitement, more battle, more action. And like, no, the reason this battle and this action was so exciting, excuse me, was because of all the lead up to it. Um, so uh, I agree, but uh, so I just looked up the deal about season seven and eight uh, being shorter seasons. Mm -hmm. And while it was their decision to reduce the number of episodes, uh, the reason was out of their control which is that the amount of time necessary to produce a full 10 episode season within the time frame that HBO required, uh, it was just not feasible for them. So it, it did come down to so time some, and budgetary Yeah, some things got squeezed there then. So it was okay. like a combination yeah. of things. Right? Yeah. yeah so HBO was, said you had this much time and they're like, we can't do it in this much time, but we're going to produce you six damn near feature length episodes and still not solve everything. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So I don't know if that calms I'm calling you of your anger, bullshit on both sides of the story. Both now. sides of the story. Just <laughs> because fuck those writers. You had an extra year to produce season eight and you've still managed to fuck it up. Uh, 
That's what I'm wow. talking about. I just <laughs> did mine away from the mic, but mostly because I'm afraid because the last one's a little chunky. Um, Look, you you were so embarrassing earlier that I had yeah, to yeah. I had to step up. Okay, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, but the the other thing we've talked about as we've talked about these shows because a lot of us kind of went back and watched these on Netflix or or something of the like that kind of got us caught up. Right, a lot of times, and that was that was exactly where I wanted to go next is like with the streaming and yeah. like some of the great things about that and some of the not so great things about that for the right. shows themselves um, because I think what happens a lot. Um, one of the biggest effect is that shows get absolutely buried. There, there's because... so many, so many things out there on so many different platforms that you find out about a show, like I was saying earlier, and it's had seven seasons and you're like, whoa, where was this show? Um, and, and you have Netflix does what they do on marketing shows. Amazon prime sometimes has some fantastic shows that nobody ever hears about man in high castle. Yep. Oh god, that show is so good. Yeah, that's a good show, and I didn't hear about it until like not that long ago because somebody talked about it on some other podcast I listened to. Yeah. Um, uh, I think you're completely right. I, it's all a release thing to me, though. So with like a Netflix television series, they promote binge watching because they're like, "Oh, you guys want to watch this season? Here it all is at one time." They don't right. release it episode by episode. Um. Which I definitely think, while I enjoy it from a viewing perspective, with a lot of the television that we've talked about, I think it would be really hard to wait to see all of it dropped at once. Personally speaking, I find that the uh, binge or marathon watching uh, culture that has arisen as a result of streaming services, uh, in a lot of ways, removes what we would call... Uh, event or spectacle television which we we have with like game of thrones right where right. like you know an episode of game of thrones comes out and everybody is talking about it the next day because everybody oh, exactly. has watched the same episode at the same time um, right and so it it removes that that part of all of, of our culture um so well, it makes it so you just you have to talk about the entire season <laughs> like well not not right, only like, that like you have to watch the entire to watch it show enti- yeah exactly like to avoid spoilers which yeah you know that that's a, a much bigger commitment than watching like one one hour show yeah you know once a week you know, watching like 13 hour long episodes over the course of a weekend, just so you don't show up on Monday at work and have somebody spoil the ending for you, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I have a, I'm, I'm with you on this Austin. I have a very love hate relationship with this. Um, the (laughs) biggest ones for me have been the Marvel Netflix series that have all come out. Oh yeah. I've loved all of them, but it was one of those things that my previous employer I had to be like, I haven't finished watching the whole season yet. Don't say anything. You know what I mean? Like, we can talk up till this point, then you have to shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> so per- personally, yeah. I, I would prefer if when new shows come out, even if they, they artificially enforce it, right? Like, all the all the episodes are in the can. They have them all. And sure, they're just... but we're going to pump them out week by week. And I think some places have tried that. Yeah, and I... I prefer that personally yeah. and you know of course once an episode comes out 
then it's available and you can yeah. you can marathon all the episodes up to current up to that one um yeah. so if you're behind you can catch up or, or whatever but sure um but i i would really appreciate being able to to watch week by week yeah no i agree i mean i just it's like like you talked about with, with spoilers right like for example each season of stranger things every time it's come out uh oh, yeah. i've had to i've ended up watching the entire thing so don't say anything day. about that i have not caught up on any of it i'm not saying anything about it i'm just saying and i, I am going to halloween thing. horror nights this year yeah. so no, no no i'm just saying oh. i had to watch the whole thing in one day each yeah, time no, it's so I'm true. almost dreading uh, and it's it's stressful season. right it's stressful it's, as shit because we right? stayed up like started watching at 6 p.m and you basically are still awake at 6 a.m look i finish it <laughs> i'm the sort of person who like i'm gonna sit there and if i have to sit there for like fucking 18 hours yeah like in my underwear growing <laughs> a beard like i'm i'm down like i will yeah. do that you know yeah. But my wife doesn't want to do that. She's not no. like, she doesn't want to like sit there for 18 hours and like, you know, eat food out of a can and like <laughs> pee into a bottle. Oh God. <laughs> Cause you can't go to the bathroom and see spoilers on your phone. <laughs> Dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hardcore. <laughs> oh oh jeez, Sad, but, but true. Yeah, no, it's, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, like when, when House of Cards was a thing. Every time season would drop, I'd have to unfollow anything I would follow regarding House of Cards. Because yeah. the, the entire end of the season would get spoiled before I would have a chance to watch the first episode. And it would drive me fucking crazy. Yep. We've all heard our thoughts on spoiler code culture yes. on a previous podcast yeah, so we won't yeah. go too much too no much no, no we're not gonna go too deep but definitely shows get buried you also have to like find the time to watch all of these shows and, and there's an so entire season ones. of the entire shows. season of the show there's so many good ones like for example one for me that has just fallen through the cracks for now three seasons uh is uh mr robot that's just i know it's mm. fantastic and i've watched zero episodes Oh, first season was real good. Um, yeah. I I heard the second was not quite as good, and I didn't right. even know there was a third season. Yeah, apparently there's an entire third season I haven't watched. Well, all right. Yeah. So personally, you know, I just realized I, I start nearly everything I say on this show with the word personally. personally it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You're just letting everyone know that these opinions are your own and reflect nobody else on this podcast. Right. Well, I just want people to know that I, you know, despite what you may think from listening to me, I do not, in fact, speak on behalf of the entire populace of planet <laughs> Earth. Um, I know that I speak with authority. Uh, and so you you could easily assume that, and I just wanna wanna distance just myself. Wanna, from just that wanna clear that up. That's fair. Right, exactly. That's uh, totally fair. So, so as I was saying, personally, uh, what what I enjoy is when a spectacle show airs, and then my Facebook feed fills up with people who a are posting spoilers, b are <laughs> complaining about the people who post spoilers, or c are posting about uh, how they've never watched a single episode and they and wish everybody would shut up. Exactly. It's the new yeah. vegan. 
I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> How do you know if nobody's watched an episode of Game of Thrones? Don't worry, they'll fucking tell you. They will tell you. <laughs> On every single social media platform possible. It's true, absolutely. I think, I think the best one I saw was, I saw somebody who goes, I'm sorry your dragony show ended disappointingly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can respect that. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of shows that have just totally fallen under the radar because there's so much. And I don't know, Ben, if you have one or Austin, if you have a specific one that's like burning up your backlog as far as shows to watch. But I have like a pile of them. Mine's is Sons of Anarchy. Don't you still have to watch Breaking Bad? I've watched a good chunk of Breaking Bad. I need to finish it. What? You gotta watch Breaking Bad. You gotta watch No, no, no. No, no, no. Hold on. We we can't just let that pass by. You (laughs) you're telling me that you watched some of Breaking Bad and then you stopped. He didn't continue exactly. What? How did you stop? Yeah. How did I stop? There's no. Were you hit by a car? (laughs) No. Like I fell asleep. No, honestly, this what happened. I fell asleep. And then you know, because Netflix before would not ask if you're still watching; it would just keep fucking just going, keep rolling. And when I woke up, it was still on. I was like, "All right, I'll stop here and I'll go back and catch up." And then that day just never happened because <laughs> life. <laughs> you, you are such a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I have when it comes to television shows, I have the worst ADD. You do. It's oh. I, like I cannot like so. You, if you ask me to watch an hour long television show, it is a struggle bus. But if you ask me to play four hours of video games, I'm there. Or if I ask you to watch an entire movie titled Geostorm. Oh my God! Yes, Geostorm. <laughs> Holy <What>? shit! <laughs> Geostorm is going to be mentioned on as many episodes as possible. Okay. But no, so it's it, it, I'm really worried like that like. Breaking Bad, I now when I'll say this, the first three seasons went down like water, right. just nonstop. Right, but then the fourth and season then I was lost the best. Steam, and then I lost steam, and oh. I've never like I, I I think I made it through the fourth. I think the fifth is when I lost the the fourth the steam. season. Like like Austin was just saying, the fourth season is yeah. the best season. But yeah, it, it is, was the it fifth. The phenomenal. weird fifth season is what. Killed my momentum. Yeah, the, the fifth season is it is a little weird. Um, and once my momentum is dead, it's dead until a long time happens. Yeah, the thing is that the fir- yeah the first half of the fifth season is weird, and you don't quite understand what the fuck is happening. And, and then when they pick up on the second part, it's just yeah. like two hundred and fifty miles an hour, no breaks. And when yeah. you say when you ask me what's on my backlog burning me up, I say Sons of Anarchy. Because I have not started it at all. Oof. So, like, I have no point of reference other than people saying that I need to watch it. people saying you need to watch it. That's fair. Yes. And I have now added Mad Men and what was the other one you mentioned? The, the Wire? Wire. The Wire. Is, yeah. Because those actually sound like they would intrigue me much more than something. I think you would like both of those shows. I think you would really like The Wire from what I've seen. Yeah, so like something you you should know about Mad Men is that it's a very, it's a slow, it, particularly in the beginning, it has to introduce a lot of characters. It's it's like an ensemble show. Um, in fact, both of them are uh, Mad Men yeah. and uh, The Wire are both sort mm. of sort of ensemble cast shows. 
Uh, I'm I'm fine time. with that because you know I sat through Game of Thrones for eight seasons. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and and De- Deadwood as well is an ensemble cast show that is is. Just you know, how did I not really mention good. weeds in this podcast? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah that that is also an excellent show. There's just too many um, good shows. There there, there, there are, are, which is why this is the golden era. Yeah, it's I'm just true. I'm just saying. Shit, now I, now I want to go start rewatching Weeds now that I started thinking about it. <laughs> it's okay. I want to continue my watch through of Lost just to make both of you angry. Well, you're only ruining your own life, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's you're really not Austin hurting told anybody me but yourself. You're only yeah, that's exactly what you said to me when I said I was going to start watching Lost again. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you are, why are you hurting yourself? <laughs> so, so with all that we've kind of talked about about how these shows have come out, this, that, and the other. Where do we see TV going in the next few years? I think we're definitely starting to see the end of an era with how Man, many reboots that we're having to see come out. I will I will tell you Kinda what keep... is going to happen. I I will <laughs> I will lay it down for you. Let's hear it. Um so let, let me tell you that what is going to happen is and it's already starting to happen is everybody and their goddamn mom is starting a streaming service. And they are all going to make their own, like, proprietary, unique content until piracy gets super bad and nobody is buying their subscriptions because we don't want to buy a million different subscriptions to streaming services. And we discussed all of this in our third episode of the podcast. The very Did- first episode. Very, thir- yeah. very first Subscriptions. episode. Subscriptions. It was the very first episode. Was oh, it was the very services. first episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Our very first episode dealt with that topic. Well, I didn't listen to it, so I don't. Care. <laughs> Thanks a lot, <laughs> asshole. Promotes he doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, promotes yet doesn't listen. I can respect look, him because he promotes. Look, I'm um, I'm, I'm upfront about it. I don't listen yeah, to podcasts. I think I think you're right. I think the fact that we do have so many streaming services. It's going to make it very difficult for people that don't have cable or don't watch as things release to keep up with a lot of things. And I think you'll see a lot of the effect that we saw with Netflix where they had to pay a buku amounts of money to keep friends on Netflix just so people would keep streaming friends. Yeah, it's true. And I I think this era of television will be what holds people into streaming services for as long as possible because you're going to go wherever your favorite television show is. Dude, exactly. Let me, Which let is me why tell everyone's you. about to go away from HBO Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, me... honestly, if you have HBO Go and you signed up just to watch Game of Thrones, check out Chernobyl. It's really good. Alright. Oh, yeah. It's only going to be it's only going to be six episodes, but it's been... I mean, I love the history behind the events and things that happened at Chernobyl. And it has been done really well on screen in this miniseries. Nice. But uh, let, let me mention awesome. for a moment. Uh, we've we've oh. mentioned the name Friends a couple of times. Yes, we have. And I, I just feel I you cannot, wanting to chime in. I, I cannot overstate <laughs> how big an effect Friends had on like the world. Friends was just was a phenomenon, not just in America, but literally around the world. Around the world, and I have a good story about that that I'll tell you after you after you can. (laughs) I also also want to also want to throw this thought in there with Friends. Do you think that we get a show like Friends if we don't first have a show like Seinfeld? 
I don't know. That's also a show that Probably. had an awful ending as well. Seinfeld. Oh yeah. <laughs> ending of that show was also terrible. Well, but, whatever. But yeah, but I've always How felt did that. You want that show to end? I, I, I well, honestly, I didn't. But I, it's, well, I, it's fair. it's one of those things where with friends. It's it's like you said. It's a cultural phenomenon. Everybody knows that theme. Everybody knows those characters. Everybody can talk to you about a specific moment from that show that they really enjoyed. Um, Dude, I had a girlfriend ex- once who like literally thought only of, once. <laughs> yeah, just 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 the once. <laughs> just just um, the one. I, I had I had a girlfriend once who uh, literally thought of of the characters of friends as, as her friends. <laughs> Would she be there for them? Oh, ab- they're there absolutely. For her too? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're already there for her in their show capacity. Um, and apparently like watching friends was such a, a comforting thing for her that like she really did think of them as her friends and like she would put them on and like she would put on the DVD like when the DVDs came out she bought them oh, and she, she dropped would put them cash. on and and she would like put on episodes and like fall asleep watching them every night and like I, that that's what I do with the office so I see nothing <laughs> me with scrubs Andy yeah. Andy Andy yes are are the people in the office your friends <laughs> are <laughs> <laughs> well that's nice for you <laughs> wow you know who's not your friend in the office white <laughs> no white is not, not a friend. friend he is not a bro no not at all but yeah no absolutely friends is just freaking just just phenomenal and yeah definitely worldwide uh one of the coolest stories and kind of funny stories i heard about that is that uh in cuba there's this like underground uh media pirating that goes on and it it, it involves just bringing they call it like el paquete and it involves just bringing a uh like a portable hard drive around to people's houses for them to download a bunch of stuff that somebody who has internet access got and still one of the most popular things is people just want all the episodes of friends (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, they want the current Absolutely. stuff, but then they want friends too. Like, come on, gotta have it, gotta have it all. Look, look, there are some things in life that you just you just have to have. Yep. And and that reminds me of a friend of mine, <laughs> um, who who has made it his mission in life oh, to yes. collect as many copies <laughs> of the the video game Shaq Fu as possible. And yes. Is, yes. Thank is, you. You did it. <laughs> I'm so proud. He is convinced. He is convinced that the more copies that he gets together <laughs> in one place, the more likely he is to open up a portal into hell. That is still the best. Is it how you become? To, I don't want you. Is to it how you become name? one with the Shackness? Is to collect as many no. copies of Shack Fu and steal no, no, as possible. No, no. You literally just open a portal to hell. Yeah, like, that's correct. I yeah, thought Andy, that was Alabama, without telling but... me who it is. Do I know this person? No, no, you do not oh, know this person. That's unfortunate. But I was just curious. I'm not gonna lie. When you started this story, I thought it was Andy. 
<laughs> you say that because I do have a life-size cutout of Shaq behind me right now. A seven-foot cutout of Shaq. And I know he has that because it's, I got it for it's, him. It's behind me right now. So long there are as, two copies of Shaq Fu in this household. So long as you didn't like, like stick one of those suction cup dildos on it, I think you're okay. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. Gotta be the biggest and blackest you can find. Oh, no. Veiny oh, and everything. Oh, God. Oh, wow. I don't that know. probably I'm so, I'm needs sorry, to all that... be cut. Look. <laughs> Look, all right, this is my fault. I'm really sorry for taking us there. No, no, it's fine. But I, I think we've kind of hit a point where we could either talk about this for days or we're going to start talking in circles. I don't know which one's going to happen. Um, so, Austin, with all that we've talked about, what would be, if you had to wrap up your thoughts, what would they be on this subject? Uh, so my, my consolidated thoughts insofar as I am ever able to consolidate my thoughts, uh, are that we are currently living in an era where, uh, where television has evolved to make the most of its medium. That is, uh, we have gotten to a point where, uh, it has created an art form that is unique to itself uh, that can't be captured in movies, that can't be captured in books, that is a, a strictly television uh, form. And we have refined that form to a point where, where I personally feel we are unlikely to refine it further beyond where we are. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, you think of, you think of novels, right? So the, the form of the novel was sort of, uh, crystallized with, uh, generally considered, uh, uh, why am I blanking on the name right now? Uh, Cervantes, uh, um, Don Quixote. Thank you. Um, there you go. So the fighter of windmills. <laughs> so we, we generally consider that to be the point where we, we sort of crystallized the, the form of the novel. And of course the novel has continued to develop over time, but it's, it's structure really hasn't, hasn't changed a lot since then. It's, it's kind of remained consistent. And I feel like where we're at right now is that, point where we've crystallized it into something that is going to persist and you know people will interpret it different ways and they'll use it to tell different stories and and what have you but i think that the models that were created during the era from like 2005 to 2015 you know like that decade um really are going to serve as as the models for for quite a long time to come okay excellent man that really like i wish not have let you go first <laughs> yeah because uh yeah go, 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 go ahead and try going after that <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow that up um i mean 
television's forever evolving as a medium, but as you mentioned, I think we have kind of hit the peak when you had, again, all the shows we mentioned out relatively in, I mean, in the span of history, came out in a relatively short time compared to one another. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Hit, a lot of them were just all kind of ongoing at the same time, or yeah, one just, you was know, wrapping you just up had, while the other one was starting. Like, it just... You had yeah. bangers after bangers after bangers just going off left, right, and center. And I, I don't see that happening again for quite a long time um, as we start to see some of these series we talk about wind down. And I think another thing that will affect this is our current nostalgia culture, as we mentioned kind of earlier, how people think, well, it came out when I was watching it, it's the best, with the ability of the streaming services like Netflix and stuff. Instead of watching something new, you're more than likely going to flip on The Office for the 700th time instead of check out a new show. Literally happens to me every. So day. this might be this might be the down the down the downturn for a golden age of television is just the streaming services while they've also helped kick it off may also be the death knell for it. Yeah, yeah, and when Netflix loses The Office, which apparently is going to happen because NBC is also starting their own platform, I don't know what Netflix is for after that. It's for the Marvel. Netflix series. No, no, that's all. And for Frontier. There's there's nothing left. No, not the Marvel Netflix. Okay. Not the Marvel Netflix. Okay. All the other Marvel stuff on Netflix right. is gone, but the Marvel Netflix series will stay on oh, okay. Netflix. Okay. Okay. Alright. And Frontier's a hell of a show if you haven't watched it. I don't know, I haven't watched it. I also have not watched that. Yeah. yeah. I honestly the only reason I watch it is because Jason Momoa is in it. Well, and it's basically Jason Momoa as Indian Cal Drogo in <laughs> colonial North America. You're selling it. All right. I'm not, not talking that's a, but whatever. That's how, awesome. that's how I'm going to sell it. But watch that first episode. And if you don't enjoy it, go ahead and stop there. I thought you were going to say, just go ahead and kill yourself. <laughs> no. No. Well, I, I, have a, I have a one show rule. Like, if I don't want to watch a second episode after watching the first episode, like, I know that show's not for me. And Frontier was intriguing enough that not only did it catch me and sit me down to watch it, it, I, I continued to watch it. I think me and my wife watched the whole first season in, like, a week. Oh, yeah. And that was, like, fair. that wasn't, I mean, and when I say a week, I'm talking, like, that's while we were working. Like, we were getting off work. We'd come home, have dinner done, and be like, watch <gasps> let's it. watch another episode. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Currently doing that with Veep, uh, which is really good if you haven't seen it. Quality show, which is one of those that has seven seasons, and I somehow never actually had paid any attention to it. Well, it was also on HBO, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't I can't close it up better than, uh, than Austin and, and Ben just did, but I think a lot of the same points, I think streaming's going to keep being... Um, way and it's going to keep getting more and more fragmented so i'm a little worried about what's going to happen with a lot of good shows uh maybe losing their audience so but there's still a ton out there and there's still a bunch of good shows that are still ongoing uh better call saul the expanse also good ongoing shows oh that man behind on. The I, expanse I just... is so good and the expanse oh. ben couldn't do it because it takes about three episodes to like yeah. turn on the gas in the first season and then you don't fucking want to stop. 
Yeah, no, it's true. Like once you hit that fourth episode, yeah, like that's when it just it slams its foot down on the gas and like you are just along for the ride. Oh, exactly. There, there's like it. Those first three are pretty rough, and and I understand why they were the way they were, um, but they're a challenge. But it's definitely definitely the payoff is there, which is which is nice Oof. when you put time into yeah, it. it is. It's it's totally yeah. there, but. I think our point is that there is so much to watch and there's so much good content out there that you're, you're not going to watch it all, but just try to get the highlights. Indeed. Um, and if I could, if I could recommend any shows for people who are listening, um, I just caught up on the twilight zone. And oh, I know, yeah, the new I know twilight Andy zone. has too. Yes. Dude, that is, that is a good show. That is really good. Ben, I think you could, I think you could get behind it. Twilight zone. Yeah. I'll work on it. The new one, and it's, yeah, just first episode, fantastic. Second episode, fantastic. It just, it's just good. It's just good. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll grab you, so try it out okay. when, when you're feeling it. All right. Yeah, I, I agree, Austin, that Twilight Zone, definitely top recommendation right now. Yeah. There's only Sorry. eight episodes, so it's a quick, quick <laughs> burn on that. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, Austin... So. Thank you so much for making us feel so uneducated. It is my pleasure. I'm I'm always happy to do that. I know, I know you are. (laughs) Well, I know, I know. We sound we we sound like a bitter bitter rivalry, but we truly do enjoy having Austin on the show because, as we joked about earlier, me and Andy's train of thought nine times out of ten on this podcast is "Hmm, how can we help people cheat fast food systems. Or laugh at Jurassic Park, um, so it is kind of nice to get that breath of fresh air and actually have Absolutely. stimulating conversation from time to time. Um, hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, please make sure if you have anything you would like to tell us that you let us know because we would love to use your suggestions as topics. Or we're just going to keep coming up with stuff for ourselves, and we've noticed that you don't like it when we do that sometimes. Good and bad results sometimes. Good and bad results. Sometimes so, we have really dumb ideas. Yeah, so sometimes they never become episodes and you should you should be happy. Right. <laughs> and sometimes they do. And yeah, and then nobody's happy. <laughs> and but, we'll, we'll yeah. apologize for that at a later date. <laughs> and if you can rate us wherever you listen to us, please do. Otherwise sharing the podcast is always great. Uh Twitter, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Tell the person in line with you at Starbucks. Just reach over, tap them on the shoulder, let them know. But Austin, <laughs> just be like, just be like, hey, can I borrow your phone? Yeah. I, uh, I'm gonna subscribe to a podcast. I, I lost, lost my phone. Sorry. <laughs> right, right. Need, need to make a call. It's really yeah. important. I gotta gotta call my wife. She's in the hospital. Right. Um, and then <laughs> and then make make them like the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. And also make sure to like uh, the Kosha Dills Facebook page and invite all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of context, real quick, as we're wrapping up, I'm going to tell a totally unrelated story. Um, because that joke was just way too inside to just literally and yeah. Austin. So, Ben, you can enjoy this one. Austin and I went to a rap concert in Athens. Um, Turquoise Jeep. Many moons ago, 
keep that he cheap rolling. Athens on like a work night too, which just made yeah. a ton of sense. But anyway, um, <laughs> the opening act was this like indie rapper named Kosha Dills, um, which he his his claim to fame is one fantastic Super Bowl commercial. Uh-huh. Um, I I will find it for you, and I will probably put it in the show notes because you know Kosha Dills always needs more promotion. <laughs> one fantastic Super Bowl commercial, and then he just has a lot of pretty hilarious raps like he he he, he put on a decent show um but uh you, you at the end of the know, show you may guess you may yeah. guess from the name he is his shtick if you will is that he is a jewish rapper yep yep that is that Kosha is Dills. Kosha a Dills. jewish rapper not named little dick yep he is before that era all right okay that's the timeline we're talking here this was a while ago Damn. so uh, after the show, or between acts, we met Kosha Dills out in the lobby. He just kind of came up and started talking to us. <laughs> he took Austin's phone for I don't know what reason. I don't know why you even handed him your phone. <laughs> no, just... I didn't hand it to him. He just <laughs> Did took he it. just grab it? Okay. Yeah, he That's was just, what happened. Like, he, he reached out, he reached out and he was like, hey, let me see your phone for a second. And he just took it. And, and I was like, not only uh... made, <laughs> he not only made Austin like the Kosher Dills Facebook page, but he literally sent an invite to Austin's entire Facebook friend list to like Kosher Dills fans, Facebook fan page. So, yep. Just employ those same aggressive marketing techniques to tell your friends <laughs> about this podcast because <laughs> they work. Steal people's fo- snatch about people's it. phones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so and uh, I, I hope you enjoyed that because that that is my favorite thing to i do and it's going to be about. my new thing i do so yep. just remember that when i need belma <laughs> all right i will remember that oh. but once again thank you guys for listening and ben you play us off like nobody else can whether you're watching this morning, <laughs> evening, or night, enjoy the rest of your day and hope to see you guys, or in this case, hear you guys again. All right, bye.